Blog Talk Radio. Actually, you have to sit there and think about it. Like, there's a, literally like three two pair rules. 
is most of the hands are two pairs. And also, there's a two pair rule if you have a street or a flush. It's a lot of a lot of work. Plus, you got to do commission, which is five percent. So, I mean, it's it's a little bit of of math. Uh, it's a little harder than uh, blackjack. A little more math. A little more a little more thought going into it. I think I've got the gist of it after two days. But um, they said that that this this poker is going to be a lot easier than the Asian poker. Yet, for some reason, Pennsylvania State mandates that you teach Pi Gal for four weeks and the Asian poker for one. Who knows why? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like a complicated game, so it sounds like you're going to Yeah, no, nah, like I said, I think I've got it. I've pretty much got it. I'm, I'm, I'm helping a lot of people. Gary, you're forgetting your, your awesome pop filter. Oh, uh, I did forget my pop filter. I'm sorry if I come out a little loud to everybody. No, it's just going to pop on your gonna pop. Um, um, by the way, if, if you didn't listen last week, it's a joke because Gareth's pop filter, it's a cell phone, basically. Yeah, and so his microphone's huge. I got the small, small, small short stick on that one. Um, so yeah, so it sounds interesting. I mean, hopefully you'll learn how to deal, deal with some winners. I know I never played Pi Gal. Uh, my friend Will Phil probably has. No. So I'll just ask him to come with me today. There you go. It's twenty five hour minimum for a hand though. Yeah, that's okay. I'm gonna be gonna be only winner. Oh, it's a lot of pushes. Basically you're pushing most of the time. Well pushing's better. It, than it's yeah, it's supposed to be it's called push poker because most of the hands push. And the reason why they take commission is because it's close to fifty fifty odds. And and the commission is only five percent of your bet. So pretty much you just sit there and you socialize and you don't lose a lot of money, you don't win a lot of money, you just push yeah, a lot. Yeah. Way to uh interest people into playing this game. I'm sure you're gonna draw in so, <laughs> yeah, how many, how, how, what percentage of our listeners do you think is Asian? Uh, probably not a large percentage. I hope so to listen. Um, hey, we love the Asian people. We do love them. Uh, and I love, I love Chinese food. My favorite food always been. Uh, oh, I can't say that. Really? The Chinese yeah. buffets? Oh, I can't say that. Oh, my God. I go there. I die. It's like I died. In, I I, yeah, it's like I died and cut myself. Anyway, um. Oh, let me, yeah, okay, so we'll move on from. Yeah, that. But I do love Chinese food. Um, I do because we're not going to spend any time on this because Matthew didn't want to. But I just want to give a shout out to my boy Brady. I heard he had a good day in court today. Um, hopefully that case gets turned around. My boy Tom is on their opening day, or at least the suspension's reduced. I love how, free Brady. I love I love how Brady's your boy yet beat us in their only Super Bowl appearance. Uh. In our life, in your lifetime, anyway. Yeah, well, I say let bygones be bygones. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the only reason why that, he that likes face was pretty the only reason there. the only reason why he likes Brady is because of fantasy football, which Tom Brady's probably saved his ass more than one time. No, and but I just like of Brady. Of course, we'll talk, we'll talk about fantasy football later in the show. Um, go on. Yeah, no, on. I mean, yeah, he's a great, he's a good fantasy quarterback, but. I also like Brady just for the fact that he, everybody seems to dislike him. And now maybe it's the New England thing, the Belichick thing. He's a nerd. He's a nerd. So what? He's, I don't know. He's I don't know nerd. if he's a nerd. He's a GQ. He's a GQ model who's married to a model, and he's a starting quarterback on the right, Super he's Bowl. He's a nerd who's got Giselle Bunchin. That's why everyone hates him. And four Super Bowl rings and cover of GQ and millions of dollars. Listen, if that's a nerd, then sign me up any day. Right. Anyway, let's let's hop right into it. Um, 
Eric, I heard that you were at uh, Eagles camp. Why don't you talk about what you saw? Yeah, I was. I went with my friend Robbie, uh, who listens to the show. So you don't like Brady, do you? I'm not bad. You really think he's a nerd? Yeah, a little bit. For what reason? Uh, not in a bad way. I just think that I think that uh, you think he, he's too like corporate. A little bit. Oh wow. Sorry about that, guys. Just doing some research, and, and uh, apparently there was some video I didn't realize about that was going on. Yeah, I, I think that he's – his team has said that he doesn't really party with, with them. He's done, some, like, some of the nerdiest dad dances you've ever seen on, on some videos and on Patriot, especially uh, Crash Party. He just doesn't seem like a guy who's, like, in, immersed into the NFL culture, I don't think that's the worst thing for for a guy either. And I don't, I don't, I'm not degrading him in any sort of way when I call him a nerd. I just mean that he's not with the culture, the NFL culture of hanging out and doing whatever. No, I understand where you're coming from, but I mean, certain guys they get ridiculed for it, like Johnny Manziel, Rob Gronkowski. Um, Right, but those guys attract attention. Brady, I don't think attracts attention. I think he gets attention because of who his wife is and who, and who he is too, and who he is. Right, but I, I, I don't think that he garters that attention for negative reasons. Manziel gets attention because he's going to Vegas and he's doing getting seen with dollar <laughs> bills rolled up his nose. He's Listen, going to he's it up. If you were Johnny Manziel, would you not be doing the same thing right now? I not. I don't do. Drugs. I never had to do some drugs. Uh, the only drug I was ever interested in was marijuana, and that was a long time ago. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking but, about the partying, the girls, the. Oh, the if, boats, I, if I was the his cars, age, I, I'll never, I'll never, I'll never get on him for that. He's a young man. I mean, doing all that stuff. What I have a problem with is the drugs, and and. Yeah, I mean that's something you know. I, I guess. And he's sort of a punk. I guess it's a little sensitive in Cleveland because of the Josh Gordon issue. I think he's also got um issues because he's such a small guy and a big man sport, so I think he really needs some of that attitude to just to be successful. Yeah, by all accounts, he has been better this, uh, this camp. But, the coaches came out, they said he's working hard, but that, yeah, we digress. You know, we're not here to talk about Johnny Manziel. Exactly. Um, talk about what we saw. Talk about training camp. So I did go to the second live practice Sunday at the link. Uh, it was a good time. I went with my friend Rob. He's a frequent listener. Rob, if you're listening now, call in. What's up, Robbie? 602-753- one five nine seven. Anybody's welcome to call. Um, we went. We watched practice. Got some more autographs. Again, the autograph table was pretty pretty decent. Could you get um, football? Of course you did. How <laughs> much was that? Thirty bucks. But it was the full size football. Whatever. Listen, everybody who listens to this show knows I like Nick Foles. So if you hear me rooting for him this year in St. Louis, then don't be shocked. I'm not saying I want them to beat the Eagles, but at the same time, I want the Colts to succeed and have a good career. But anyway, that's besides the point. So, on to the field. Um, Again, it was an open practice, so I feel like they held back. I don't feel like they were actually going all out. Uh, we saw some seven-on-sevens. We saw um, Nelson Aguilar look good. I'll tell you what, he caught a lot. Uh, he caught a lot of balls. Um. He looked, he has burst. I don't know if that was a big thing for him coming out of college. It was. I mean, he's not a big guy, so he's going to need that burst. There was that, and his route running is supposedly impeccable. 
Yeah, he looked. He definitely looked good. Um, when you see him in person on the field, he's a small guy. He's slender, so I feel like he's going to definitely need that burst. He's not going to be able to overpower. He's not going to be like a Des Bryant, Calvin Johnson. No, no, he's compared a lot to uh, Jeremy Macklin actually. Antonio Brown's that style too. He's not a big guy. Brown's strong though. Um, but he looked good. Anyway, listen, it's, it's practice, so let's not get too excited. But he did look good. He had great burst. He's bigger than uh, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's five nine five ten. This guy's six feet. Six foot tall, six foot and a half. I'll tell you who made the play of the day, and you're probably not going to expect it. Trey Burton, back up just like the third string tight end special. No, I believe it. Last year, uh, I went to training camp, and we saw Clay Harbor make plays all over the field. Yeah, Clay Harbor actually, he played okay in Jacksonville last year in a few chances he got. Yeah, he's not going to play this year because of Julius Thomas. Right, right they got um, Julius. Well, he'll still get on the field. They might run two tight end sets. You never know. I don't think they, they, don't think they have Mercedes blocking Wilson anymore. No, he's not. But um, but anyway, uh, it was a ball on the sideline. I forget who the quarterback was, but Burton jumped up, made a great one-handed catch. Obviously, he's not going to get playing time at tight end really, unless Ertz or Selleck gets hurt. You know, hopefully they don't. Ertz looked good. Um, I'll be honest. I've been on here saying I don't, you know, how much of a full fan I am, and how I feel like let's just relax on the Bradford love. I am rooting for him. But I will say this, he did look the best out of all the quarterbacks on the field, was the smoothest, uh, everything looked natural to him, ball was coming out of his hand, fast, crisp, accurate. Now, there was no rush, you know, or or limited rush. The um, the cornerbacks couldn't press the receivers, so no routes were being disrupted. So the timing was pretty easy. It's not like a real game. But if you watched him compared to Sanchez, Tebow, and Barkley, I definitely liked what I saw. Well, of course. I think I could throw the ball better than Sanchez. Well, not Sanchez. Not Sanchez. Maybe maybe Steven and Barkley. They're not. How much do you think the fact that there's no actual pass rush and there's no pressing on the line, how much do you think that goes into how good he's A lot. I mean. Because they were completing everything. If you would have watched the practice, it looked like we had no secondary, but at the same time, you have to understand the situation. Right. And, and that's, that's the thing. There's no pass rush. There's no pressing. There's, there's no blitz. Uh, there's no disguised coverages. There's no none of that. But I don't think that uh, Bradford needs that right now because soon enough it'll be game time, and he's already on the key breaking knee, so we don't really need him getting yeah. more hits on them. Speaking of game time, we have the first one scheduled, 1 o'clock against the Colts. I don't know. Do you think Bradford plays more than the average starting quarterback just no. because he missed all last season? No. no? I, don't think he, I think he plays a series. Yeah. Keep him protected. Yeah, absolutely. Behind that line, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think it's any question. Well, just the first game. I just didn't know since he missed all eight seasons, they wanted anything to know. Who did you see that didn't look good? Um, It's hard not to look good because of the way the practices are. Like I said, defensively, you can't really stand out because you can't hit, you can't, you can't press, you can't blitz. Um, so really, it's. It, at this practice, there's really only judging the offensive players. Although, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, Maxwell, Byron Maxwell made a couple of good breakups. He had one one-on-one coverage deep, right, a really nice play. On who? Um, I don't remember who was, was he it covering. Was it Matthews? I don't remember who he was covering, but he made a really nice play. Uh, Eric Rowe made a good play, good breakup. Um, Tebow didn't look as sharp as I was hoping. <laughs> he hit the fly swatter. Uh, he underthrew a ball. He 
stood around in the pocket, shuffled his feet. Yeah. I mean, Bar- Barkley looked what Barkley looked like. But um, Sanchez looked decent. You know, listen, nobody stood out. I don't want to get anybody's hopes up. Nobody looked like the next coming of Aaron Rodgers. Nobody looked like Calvin Johnson. Nobody looked like. Right. But you did, you did see the injury. Yeah, I did see the injury. Uh, there was a ball on the sideline. Obviously, all the corners blocked over there. Um, anyway, the play ended. It was broken up. Eric Rowe got the breakup, the announcer said. And then it was quiet, and nobody understood what was going on. Next thing you know, there's Ja'Cory Shepard being carted off. Turned out to be a torn ACL. It's unfortunate. For, you know, a rookie coming in with the trade of Boykin, people were hoping that he would take over in the slot. Um, it's a loss. I mean, it's a, at minimum, it's a death loss because yeah, you're supposed because to compete. Traded Boykin. Right. Um, I don't think they would have traded Boykin had this happened, even though they got, I think they got great value from Boykin, uh, assuming that goes to a fourth-round pick. Um, I do think that they'll be fine. I like Eric Rowe. Eric Rowe or... Uh, or Jalen Watkins, they were talking or about. Or Nolan Carroll. I actually think Rowe... By the end of the year, Rose is going to kick, in, kick outside, and um, Nolan Carroll is going to be back on the inside where he belongs. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, right now they were talking about Rowe and Watkins on the inside, but if Rowe could play the outside, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I think I think they're just going to groom him there and, until he's ready. And then once he gets ready, he's going to go kick outside, and he's going to be their corner, starting cornerback. So we're hoping Ja'Cory has a good year of uh, rehab. I'm pretty sure he'll have another opportunity. Yeah, we'll see. Well, listen. This injury is bad, but it's a lot better to get hurt on a football field making a play than to get hurt getting punched in the face. Yeah, you know, got punched in the face by IK something. How about that? Was that not ridiculous? Listen, although I don't want to, I want to be honest with you because sometimes before before we were on the show today, before we came on, uh, we were having a little bit of technical difficulties, so we're working through it. That's one of the reasons we're on a little bit later, in addition to the the match classes. And um, I was talking, you know, me and Matt talk while while we're waiting, and Matt definitely was ignoring me, and frustration builds, and I wanted to hit him harder than I can hit Gino, and I could see why I think tensions build that way. Matt? Yeah, I'm tired, and I don't feel like this is to Garrett. Uh, I mean, I love Garrett with all my heart, but... You just blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting there trying to set up the show, and I'm trying to get a little bit of rest because I didn't get enough sleep last night. I worked till 4 in the morning, and um, I have problems going straight to sleep. My legs hurt, and I don't get to sleep till the early morning, and then I got to be up and then go to class. And then I'm back here. Tomorrow I'm going to see Billy Joel. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. The Piano Man. Um, But that is the Piano Man, right? Yeah. Oh, I can't believe I got that one. Garrett doesn't know. Uh, I don't know much about music, and I never know if it's. He never knows artists. Anyway. I never know, but I, I threw one but, out there and it came through. But uh. But I could see, I could see the reason why tensions. But obviously, I wasn't gonna punch Matt, and obviously, I'm not as strong as a linebacker no, in the NFL. No, so I'm sure he, I wouldn't have done the same. He damage. also said he was trying, going to hit me in the head with the chair. Oh uh, yeah, I was gonna call like a Balls Mahoney and just hit him in the head with a chair, and uh, get some ECW going here in Matt's. Matt's hey I have, but feel about that though. How does that reflect on? No, not, not 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 on me and you, uh, wrestling match on. I don't I don't really care about Geno Smith. Honestly. Yeah, I don't care about Geno Smith either. I, it might help Brandon Marshall's fantasy value. That's about all. Yeah, I guess Fitzpatrick. No, but I mean just in general, like 
as far as, as NFL locker rooms? Like, because, I mean, if it happened there, it could happen here. Do you think that there's any chance that you could see something like this happening here? No, not with Chip Kelly. Not with Chip? Yeah, I, I guess he's a little bit harder. Yeah. But I heard Todd Bowles is pretty hard on players. Oh, uh, a little bit, but he was here too. And, uh, I don't know. There's over $600 from what they're saying. That's what the reports were. That Geno Smith owed this guy $600. Really? That's what the reports were. And again, I'm just saying what's been all over Twitter and Facebook. So it's not like it's my news. Um, well, Geno Smith is going to get made fun of for the rest of his career. Well, Geno Smith, probably a millionaire. He was a second round pick. He probably got a couple million at least. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he got it. Well, he's probably maybe a millionaire, but that might be the total of his contract. Uh, whatever. No, but why would he hold off six hundred dollars? Because he's probably broke. And why would this guy? Because he might be broke. And listen, and this guy. There's a story on how NFL and NBA players go broke way before like their playing days are up. Oh yeah. They, they just spend their money frivolously. And he probably thinks he's going to get another contract. Right, and even you seen Ballers yet? No, I haven't watched. I heard about it. Right, but basically the premise is that you know, Rock's Rock's friends are all spending their money way too loosely, and he's a financial advisor who spent his money way too loosely. Now he's got to do this, and basically it's just, you know, the guys, you remember, you remember when Lynn, uh, our friend uh, Mike, his wife Lynn, was, uh, is actually a waitress over at Chicken Pizza in South Philly, Freddie Mitchell would go in there and, and drop, and drop $500, $600 trying to impress her. All right. Well, listen, Freddie Mitchell lived a life that no other man ever lived, okay? <laughs> we can't compare the average guy to Freddie Mitchell. Right, but what I'm saying is some of these NFL players uh, don't spend their money wisely, so maybe he just didn't have it. But at the same token, this other guy was a six-round pick last year. And listen, I, I know he doesn't. Oh, he, yeah, he lost. He, he lost out bigger because he was going to get for, cut. He, he got caught already. They oh. caught him yesterday right after it happened. And um, I heard the Bills might pick him up, or they did pick him up. I'm not sure. But let me ask you, if you have an opportunity to make millions of dollars, potentially become an NFL player, I know $600, you want the money. But don't you have to use some sort of judgment there? I don't know. And the reason why I don't know is because we have a, a common uh, person we know who took some of our money oh, one right. year. And, but that was and all. I'll be honest, if I could get away with it, yeah. I don't know. You don't want to admit to anything. Right. <laughs> that was a whole other story, though. But, but I, I... But I, you had nothing to gain other than... You have nothing to gain at this point from that. He had a chance to make an NFL... He yeah. had a chance to make an NFL roster and gain potentially millions of dollars down the road. Right, but I... Uh, yeah, but I could lose my freedom. That's true. If charges, you can go to jail. And Gino might press charge. I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, I, I guess doubt he will because he'd get made fun of even more. Yeah, I think he's just going to let it go. Yeah, the culture doesn't allow you to press charge. Speaking of culture, so um, as everybody knows, the whole Chip Kelly culture thing's going on. So, again, coming back up from phillysports.com or Philly something and a couple other sources, they interviewed Riley Cooper, and they asked him, they said, do you think that the whole chip situation is based on how he handled your situation? And Coop said, like, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. Now, don't you think it's a little ridiculous that they're still bringing this up? This was, what, three years ago, two years ago? I don't, only because there's an actual legitimate points that at once everyone makes one mistake on their chip or it doesn't fit the culture in some way, they're penalized. And he set a bad precedent when he didn't cut Cooper. Cooper wasn't a non-factor on most of his teams. Now, he was very important that one year. 
I understand that, and his contract was not conducive to uh, getting cut, but it was a bad precedent set. I'm not saying it was the right decision. He maybe should have cut him. At the same time, I'm going to say he definitely had the right not to cut him. Guys, do He does, worse. but you know what? Uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you, guys do do worse. However, guys have done less and they have, have found themselves either traded or cut. And, I mean, Deshaun, nothing has come out about Deshaun other than he didn't want to show up to practice or whatever. Uh, in my opinion, what Cooper did was more disruptive to the team because it was during training camp and it took focus away from training camp. So, I don't know. And I and I don't think their talent is even close. So, that's why I think there's an argument. Well, no, I mean, Deshaun. So, okay. however he said that, Kelly can run the team however the hell he wants to run the team. So, He's going to do what he's going to do. But I think that some of the um, criticism is absolutely warranted. And it's just, when you think about it, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It it, it seems like he, he favors some things over others. Now, at the same time, do I think he's racist? No, I don't. Personally, I don't. I don't think that race had anything to do with it. I think it might have been that he was a first-year coach. A lot of other things, but the thing I, I I'm gonna say is that I'm not gonna immediately dismiss it because, like I said, people have done less and have left the team, especially in the case of Brandon Boykin. However, I think that was more of a football move. I think Boykin said that out of anger because he wanted to be an Eagle, but Kelly saw him as a guy who didn't fit their system, and they got a great return on. Him. So that was the reason why they moved him. Yeah, I think the Boykin move was definitely more football related. Right. Uh, the Djax move that was that was based on on his character. So I obviously. understand what you're saying there. That if he was going to get rid of Deshaun Jackson, who obviously you right. can't argue the fact he's definitely a better football player than Riley Cooper. There's no argument about that. But I don't feel like this one move defines who Chip Kelly is. Now I'll be the first to go on the air and say I don't agree with all I, Chip Kelly's moves. I agree. It doesn't define who he is. However, when I am going to say that he's not, he's showing favoritism to certain players. Another thing is, Sean McCoy did even less than than um, Deshaun Jackson. There were no reports of him being late to practice ever. There were no reports of anything else. He was just a flamboyant guy who sometimes said some really stupid things that got him in trouble. Guess what? Billy Cooper, same thing. And Lashawn got traded. And Cooper didn't. Again, I think this was a football move because the, he got back Kiko Alonso, who I think he really likes as a football player. And I think that he thought – I don't think he was going to spend that much on running back. I think that he only did the Murray deal to weaken the Cowboys to strengthen his team. I honestly think that Murray was a plain F. Yeah, the Murray only – Came through and one score, backed out. Fell into his lap, basically. Score backed out, and you had the other situation. But right, but I think I think Matthews was the plan, the initial plan. Uh, Matthews and Gore, the combo. No, no, no. I think Gore was the initial plan, and once he backed out, then I think that Matthews was the plan, and that's why Matthews signed. And then they signed Mary to weaken the Cowboys. Yeah, maybe. I mean, and that's that's definitely a valid point. Um, I feel like they overpaid for Mary. Uh, I'm not going to argue that point. I definitely feel like they overpaid for his services. I don't think they're going to use him the way the Cowboys used him. So I still think he'll be productive, though. Um, but let me get back to the to the point at hand. I feel like, uh, yeah, Deshaun Jackson, they, they said the character issues. 
you can't really argue that from a football standpoint because they didn't get anything in return. The LaShawn McCoy, you could argue, was a football move. Uh, he didn't like his style. He didn't like his contract. He wanted Kiko Alonso. It's arguable. I actually like LaShawn McCoy better than DeMarco Murray, so I'm not trying to defend the move. I'm just saying that you could argue it was a football move. Um, the Brandon Boykin, a football move. He's going to be a free agent next season. Chip didn't like his size, didn't see it like how he fit in with the team. Uh, right, and I, I don't disagree with any of those points. Now, that's what my opinion is, but to say, but to dismiss an argument and say it's ridiculous. Well, you didn't to, even let me finish my point. So, Judge, you, know, you, made, you made the opening point. Though. I made the opening point, but I didn't get to Hold on, you it. made the opening point, and that's what I'm debating right, right now. Ahead. You make yours, and I'll conclude. Uh, yeah, and I'll speak over it if, if I disagree with it. <laughs> okay. But, and then I'll hit you in the head with a chair like I've been trying to do all night. But, like I was saying, I, I, I don't Personally, I don't think that Kelly is racist. I don't think that there is – I, like I said, I think everything so far has been a football move. But to say that it's dismissive and say that Riley, the Riley Cooper thing has the – I don't think you can say that. I think that there is an argument to be made. I, I don't know how strong it is. Like I said, personally, I think it's all football. And it's Kelly's team. Bottom line is he can do whatever he wants. But I do think that are, that, that is a valid argument because I think – I don't know what would happen if, if Cooper was was African-American and did something reversed. I don't know, personally. I, I yeah, You rolled your eyes. I did roll my eyes. But I, I honestly don't know. And so I, that's why I'm not so dismissive of the argument. Like I said, my personal belief is everything he's done was for football reason. However, I cannot defend the football reason for keeping Riley Cooper on the team other than his contract was pretty much guaranteed. And that was pretty much it. No, I understand where you're coming from. And obviously, you know, it's, it's like Stephen A. always says, you ain't a brother or whatever he says. Um, so you can't say what would have happened if Riley Cooper was a black guy. I don't think anything would have happened. I think it would have been the same situation. As do I. But I think, I, you, I can't think you, can't, you can't conclude anything. I mean, what would happen if I was a, a woman? Who knows? You know what I mean? So I would find you more attractive. You would find you find Bruce Jenner more attractive than he was. Uh, <laughs> okay. So everybody, Bruce, if you're listening, and, and I never said I find him attractive. I said comparatively. Comparatively, he's more attractive. So if I put on a wig and a dress, would you ask me out? But no. you have a girlfriend, so no. Then don't, now, don't be jealous, Jen. I'm not going to be putting on a wig or a dress anytime soon. No, 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 no. I, and I'm not saying I find Bruce Jenner attractive. I'm just saying. The female traits attract me more than the male traits do. So even though it's a thing of less attractive, more attractive. So Matt is a straight guy with a girlfriend in a podcast. Now we know his life story. And back to the point. Um, I think that Chip's not racist. I, I Like I said, I, I think that's all being blown out. Like we, we talked about it. We touched on it the other week. Um, Guys have egos. I have an ego. You have an ego. If you're a pro athlete, you have to have an you're ego. You're a person. You have an ego. Right. Guys don't want to be cut. They don't want to be traded. They don't want somebody else to be brought in and say, this guy's going to do a better job at pro we're bringing him in. I think it, it definitely creates anger. And I think that in our society today, people, they're just kind of, they just like to throw things out there. Jerry Seinfeld made a, a great quote. He said, he said his 14-year-old daughter, she said something about being sexist. She doesn't even know what it means, but they want to throw out sexist, racist, prejudice. And they just want to throw things out there just to throw it out there. You know, the media takes the story. They run with it. It's something for them to talk about 
on TV. It's something for the writers to write about, the bloggers to blog about. It, it's something for people to put on Twitter and Facebook. And it's interesting. I just don't think it has much merit. I think what Cooper did was stupid. I mean, yeah, should he have said it? Absolutely not. Uh, the Eagles brought Michael Vick in, who did something a whole lot worse. Okay? He was involved with... The, okay, okay, we're not talking about... No, Michael. we're not talking about... No. Fine, we're, we're talking done. about Dante Stallworth then. Dante Stallworth no, did something a whole no. lot worse. Yeah, but that was after the Eagles. Right, but I'm saying he came back and got another shot in the NFL. Right, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about Chip Kelly. So stop talking about things that are outside the realm. Now, here's how I'm going to conclude this, and this is going to be the only – this will be the last question, and we're going to conclude this issue. I don't know. You get to decide who concludes the issue here. Name the football reason why Riley Cooper was kept. He was coming off the year that the year that this happened was this was the summer after he had the good season with Nick Foles. Um, they had no other receiver at the time, and right. signed to a, to a at the time a team. And then the contract looks bad now because obviously he hasn't been producing. You have this whole backstory coming back out, but at the time it was a decent contract. So the football move was he's a he's a six foot six receiver who had a little bit of a breakout season. We got him to a team friendly deal and. Okay, he definitely made a mistake, but a lot of guys in the NFL make mistakes. Was and this last season? No, this two. was the season after. Yeah. This after was he, two years ago, right? Two years ago, after he had the, the season. All right, year. fair enough. Now name the football reason why you kept Riley Cooper last year. Because of the contract. It would have cost more to cut him than keep that's, him. That's my only argument. Right. That's, that's, that's the only argument there is. And that's because of the contract. Right. Now, I, I think if Chip could – I think I don't think Chip thinks Riley Cooper is a great player. I think – if the contract didn't dictate it, he would have been cut this season. Right. Did you? Uh, not, and I he'll really be cut after off, this season. I really want. Yeah, I agree. And I really want to get off this, but um, did you see he's already lost? Um, well, Josh Huff is hurt, so Aguilar took first team snaps exclusively today. But did you see who beat uh Gray out for first team snaps? Was it Miles Austin? He did. He did. But like you said, it's it's training camp. Everybody gets. No, I think first. I think Cooper's done. I think I think Cooper is. You think now, they're just going to eat the money and then see him on his plate? No, I think I think they're going to play him and they they might make him a special teamer, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, if he comes out and he plays well, and that's the thing, uh, he's I not think, a good player. No, he's not a good player, and I'm not defending him. Even the, even when he made plays, he never got separation. But he made he, plays. So right, but he, he got he got the ball up over people's heads, but he also caused a few interceptions too. And Foles didn't throw many that year, but one or two of them was directly because of Riley oh, yeah. Cooper. He's far from what you call a good receiver. But I think if he gets... Pro fantasy, fo- fantasy or whatever, is pro football focus, the thing that comes up with stats has ranked him as the second worst receiver in the NFL. And that's definitely probably... 89 out of 90. You could argue that case, and, and, and not many people would argue against that. But all I'm saying is if he does make some plays this year, I think a lot of this will be forgotten. The way it works in professional sports is if a guy comes out and he plays well, people tend to forget what happens off the field. We'll see. So Kelly decides, you can't, you can't disagree with that. We'll see. And so Kelly decides to get rid of another player but and he bring it back up. But black players with other black players. I understand that, Garrett. And that's just because of the percentage of people there that play the game. Right. Most of them are African-American. Right, percent. which means that the chances of getting rid of a black player are better because there's a lot of more black players. I don't disagree with that either. However, like I said, I just said that there was an argument that could be made. I will say this. There's very little merit, football merit, for Riley Cooper being on your team. No, right now it's just a contract right now. But I will say this. uh, I do think Chip does have a problem with control. I do think he's he's a control freak. I don't think he's a racist or anything like that. I think he likes his clubhouse to be a certain way, and he likes his guys.
be a certain way. Um, I think he has a culture he wants, and we'll move on. So um, the Phillies somehow keep winning. I don't understand how. You get rid of all your good players, start playing the young guys. I mean, Aaron Nola looked good his first start, and he's now 3-1, and one, but he's had some shaky starts since his first, but he still keeps winning. So I can't really complain about that. 3-1 and one is nothing to sneeze about. However, they did come through a minor setback yesterday. Michael Franco got hurt. Um, he got hit on the wrist, and they thought he might have broke his wrist. Now, initial reports are saying he's hoping to come back on Friday. Personally, I'd like to see the Phillies be very cautious with him because what's the point? Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Um, I saw a report that said it wasn't as bad as they initially thought. Yeah, they initially thought it was a broken wrist, and it's not. He's hoping to come back on Friday. I hope that the Phillies push him back at least a week. Yeah, I would pu- I would push him back. Maybe maybe the end of the year. Because there's no there's no Franco is your starting guy and he's your star. Yeah, no, he definitely got a lot of experience this year and a lot of playing time. So you saw what you have. Um, I love. I if like he's healthy enough back. to play, I would I would be cautious with him. I wouldn't. I'd push. I'd push back. Cause if you want to bring him back on Friday, I'd push it back a little bit extra. Um, you, I don't think you have to hold him out the rest of the season if he's healthy enough to play. Uh, injuries happen. Guys are going to get hurt. You know, you can't always be afraid to play somebody. I, I don't disagree. I just don't think that there's any point in rushing him back. Like I said, I, I'd sit him out another week and say, hey, go on vacation. Yeah, I'd definitely sit him out a little bit longer than the expected time to come back. I don't think you have to rush him back by any means. It's not like you need his bat in the lineup because you're not playing for anything. Uh, I don't want to break the hearts of all the people. Wait out there. a minute, they're they're thirteen and fourteen and seven. If they keep on this pace. They're going to have eighty six wins, and they're going to sneak into the wild card. Yeah, I'm. I don't want to break anybody's heart out there. We all have hope, but let's not. Uh, we got uh, high hopes. Yeah, Harry Callis. Listen, uh, Harry Callis is dead, and so are the high hopes on this season. Okay. Um, Ouch! All the love to Harry, great guy. Probably, I don't know. He, oh, he's a good announcer. Phenomenal. I heard he cheated on his wife a lot, though. That, that definitely came out, and I heard he didn't like Chris Wheeler. I heard they almost came. To, I heard they almost came to I don't think anybody time. likes Wheels. No, I thought Wheels. I thought Wheels had a. Yeah, he he was, he was a pretty talk bad. about a guy walking the corporate line. I think Wheels is is the ultimate corporate uh, line. Did you think so? I'm not a huge fan, but anyway. Um, you don't want to so waste any time wait, talking wait, about wheels and Harry. Billy's going sixteen and six, or sorry, fourteen and seven in the second half. Does it give you hope for the future next year? Would you go out and spend money to try to win right away? I mean, you've already rebuilt your system. I don't know what what really excites you besides Franco, maybe Nola. Who's really exciting you right now? Dom Brown's playing like a major leaguer oh, again. Let's Come on. Trade him. Oh, let's trade him. Okay, I thought you were gonna say like maybe trade, trade him. The corner. Okay, trade him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but uh, Cesar Hernandez looks like a starting second baseman. Odubo Herrera looks like a starting center fielder. Michael Franco looks like a superstar at third base. Are these guys that look like they could take you to a World Series though? Not yet. Besides Franco? Not yet, but you've got the strong base. And like I said, Nick Williams is going to be ready another year. I mean, Herrera's been playing nice, I'll give you that. But Herrera is like Ben Revere, and I think I think he's a good player on 
he's got a stronger arm. He's, he's a little better defensively, I think, than, than Revere. But um, I, I think he's going to be 300 hitter. You know what I'm thinking right now? And this isn't on her. I'm, I'm just thinking of this because we were just talking about Harry Decay and uh, Wheels, and I'm thinking about how they, they didn't like each other, so that was the rumor. Can you imagine if one of them came out like it? Like, what would a diss tape at this track sound like from Harry Callis or Chris Wheeler? Like, everybody knows about the Drake and, Drake and Meek, uh, Meek Ward going on, and Drake came out with the back-to-back diss tape. What do you – just give, give, me a, give me a rough draft. Go ahead. Spit something out on the mic. No, thank you. Spit something out on the mic I, I for Harry Callis. I will not. Or Wheels. I will not. I'll tell you what. Well, you'll be Harry. I'll be Wheels. Or I'll no, be I'm, not, I'm not going to be a rapper. I'm not going to be Harry the K, the rapper. <laughs> that would be – I had that little voice there. sounded like you might have wanted to come out with something, though. Wheels, you're out of here. There it is. So, Wheels, you have you have to come back to that or else your career is going down the drain. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry, it's no. already there. Um, yeah, but Wheels got the life. He now lives on the golf course. Well, he has life, if that's what you mean. He's alive. <laughs> Not only that, he lives on the golf course. And uh, they did an interview with him. He's like, eh, I'd come back, but, you know, I'm not really worried about it. I play golf every day. And yeah, I mean, he, he lives in Florida. He joins a, uh, what's he have, like a, like a consulting role or something? I don't think so. I think they cut ties. All together? Yeah. I thought him and uh, Gary Matthews were kept in some capacity. Mm, maybe Matthews, not. maybe. I don't think Willow was. Willow didn't take too kindly to being fired. No, I'm, I'm, he's sure. And. Listen, he he had a good he had a great career. He did not whether he, you liked him or not, he, he had a long career. He had a long career, he and he made good. a lot of money. And he he's did. and he's, he's and now he can live on a golf course and go play golf every day. Yeah, so that's not that's a bad fun. life. Yeah, I would say. Anyway, so would you spend? But the bottom line yeah, is, yeah, back to back to what we spend on the Phillies. Um, do you know anybody off the top of your head who's going to be out there? I don't. I mean, it really depends. Like, I'm just talking about in general. Would I'm you, not. I don't want to. Are you willing over- to spend for a big name free agent? I'm not overspending for a guy who's in his 30s who. Right, and that's exactly where I was getting. Yeah. I would overspend for a few. I think that they missed the boat on Tomas. I think Tomas would have been a very good signing. I don't think he got nearly as much as anyone thought. He having a big year? Uh, yeah. He started out in the minors, but. Yeah, I said about 280 with 20 homers. So you'd overspend on a Cuban player, but you know you wouldn't spend on overspend on on a yeah the only reason an why already I, established major leaguer. Is what you're saying? Right. The reason why is is not because major. You know, I'd rather obviously rather have major league experience. But the reason why is because the Cubans who, who tend to sneak over here are generally in their early 20s or late teens. I'd rather have that guy than the a uh, 30-year-old who just got off arbitration. Well, right, but if we're looking at a guy in his late teens, he's not going to be up in the big leagues anytime soon anyway. Right, but it's still overpay for him. And uh, the example of that is Jorge Solar, who Cubs actually signed, and the rumor is the catcher, right? No, the outfielder. And the rumor was the Phillies were actually second in contention for him, but they didn't want to overspend. So they didn't get him, and he is now the number two prospect in baseball, I believe. And all these other guys are coming up. So, and he's not even needed on that team. But he's still one of the top minor leaguers. I think he made, he's already got $50 million. He's controlled, he's got control of him for six years. So it's under $10 million a year. So, if this guy looks like he's going to be a superstar, it's a great bargain. What well, do you think not. that, in your opinion, is, is, is there any one or two pieces that would put the Phillies in the playoff contention? I don't think you no, can definitively no, say yes. No, no, that's why I, that's why I, 
that's why I'd go with the younger guys. Right. And if there's a younger guy who's out there, I would look into him too. Um, what, what your question was, was that would I bring in any high-priced free agents? Probably not right now. I would if they were young. If they're what? If they were young. Oh, they which were usually, young. Which usually means... But usually when a guy's getting the higher-priced free agent contract, he's already at least in his upper 20s, close to 30. Unless he's Cuban. Unless he's a Cuban player. Which is exactly what I said. Which is still an unknown, though, because... Oh, I'll take the unknown. I'll take the unknown, because you can... You can... The Cuban League not as good as the major leagues, but you can generally get a base value of where guys are going to be. The reason why is because guys like Puig, Cespedes, Abreu, and and Abreu, um, yeah, maybe lately, but in the last three years he's been in the majors. He was very, very good. Not awesome. I mean, he's averaging what almost three. He's hitting what two, two eighty with thirty homers a year. No, he didn't. I don't think he's reached thirty one. I think he has. I'll look up his stats real fast. Go on, I'll look him up. But um, so go so yeah. So you bring in a young. Are you talking about Cespedes or you talking Quig? You said Quig. Oh, Quig reached thirty. I don't even know if Cespedes reached thirty. Oh, I, th- I was talking about Cespedes. I, I don't thought... think Cespedes reached thirty either. Cespedes on base percentage has been extremely low. One of the reasons Philly being traded him. Uh, is he a good player? Yeah, but you know he's not exactly Mike Trout out there. Um. I'm not saying he is. No, I know. Obviously. Not there's there's not many that are. I don't know. It, it depends who's out there. Would I look into bringing in a Cuban player? Probably. Um, but I wouldn't overpay for somebody just, just to overpay for them. If they're worth it, then yeah. But I'm not in the market. Of, I feel like if you are if you have to go out of your way because you have to bring somebody in, you're probably making a bad decision. You know, he's got 44 career homers. The thing that Puig did was he hit – 14 homers in half a year than his first year. Yeah, he came out on fire. And he's still hitting 293, and he's still still. He's not a bad player. I'm he's not, tr- he's I'm a not trying to. He's a 5-2 player. Except he's a 5-2 player when he wants to be. He's, he's Manny Ramirez, basically. Well, on defense, I don't, he's think, gonna I don't do, know if he's ever going to be as good as Manny. Right, Manny but was, on defense, he's going to be Yasiel and being Yasiel. Yeah, but even <laughs> offensively, I don't know if he's ever Let Yasiel be Yasiel. Let him be Yasiel. Uh, is he going to pee in the green monster? He might. Is he gonna? Um, what else did Manny do? Manny just—he did—he was just a bliss or oblivious when when the ball was hit to him sometimes. And Puig is the same way. Who was it? The one of the pitchers said uh, said that I forget which pitcher it was. They came out and who played with Manny, and they said um, he, they said he's a different guy. You know, he he, he Manny being Manny is basically a good saying. Five home runs and driving 130 runs a season, your pitcher's best friend. Right. Because you're going to give them a 3 nothing lead on a three-run home run, right. and they'll let you be. Do you think Yasiel Puig's going to do that? No, yeah, I don't. I don't, but I think he's definitely worth the money. He's got $42 million, and you get six years for $42 million, he's absolutely worth it. Oh, yeah, that's that's a good contract for him. Um, speaking of contracts and speaking of money, uh, I guess one of the reasons that Utley was being held up was based on money, but he has cleared waivers. He has. And there's there's rumored to be at least three teams interested, including, but he's got full no trade clause. The teams are, I believe, the Cubs were definitely one of them. I remember the other two. Giants, Cubs, Giants, and one other team, maybe four. Rays. I saw the the Cubs, Giants, maybe Yankees. I saw. I don't know. Yeah, you're not going to get a lot for Utley, but he's really legend. But his contract expiring, not going to hit. To at bat marks that he needs to to um to trigger his contract. 
He's going to have a $2 million buyout next year, which you're going to have to pay if you're the Phillies. Do you trade him now? Yes, I mean, without a doubt. I get if, if if you're going to get anything for him, you trade him. Absolutely. What's the point? Listen, uh... <laughs> well, the point is that if we stay on the pace that we're at in the second yeah, half... Yeah, if we stay on the pace... We're going to be a wild card team. We're going to be Woo! a wild card team. I think we actually have a better chance of Chris Wheeler coming out with it this case than us being a wild card team or Chase Utley contributing in any way. I think we have a better chance of the ghost of Harry Callis coming out with it this case. Wouldn't that be something? Wow, that'd be creepy. Can you imagine that? I cannot. I think he would win then. I don't think he can compete with a ghost. All right. Well, yeah. So, yeah, I think also it's a no-brainer. I would definitely trade Utley and <laughs> – Hopefully next week that's what we'll be talking about. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think it's something that we're going to be talking big about. Maybe we might be talking about the legacy of Chase Utley. Obviously, he had a tremendous career here. Can't say enough for what he did. Uh, brought a lot of excitement to the team. Huge part of the. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. It, I don't think it's. Well, a, I'm not going to bring back anything great for him. Right. I don't think it's going to be as much as obviously the Cole Hamels, where we got into huge detail of all the prospects because that's the future of the Phillies. I don't even think it's going to be as much as Ben Revere, who got a guy who throws 103 miles an hour and a guy who is a decent prospect. Yeah, one decent prospect, it's fine. All right, let's move on. Uh, this is by Garrett's uh, request, actually. He wanted to talk fantasy football. and I was planning on doing a separate podcast. I'm realizing that I might not have the time to do it. Um, the reason why is, like I said, I'm in many leagues, and I would like to talk to other owners with their perspective. But um, Garrett and I are in two leagues uh, together. One's a regular league, one's a dynasty league that I'm actually just starting up. And uh, that's gonna cause some some fights. Have you listen for people who don't know? Uh, Matt's a great guy, but sometimes talking to Matt about sports, obviously you can hear from the show whenever we fight or fantasy, which you don't hear about because we haven't done anything on fantasy, it could just be rolling. So when I'm talking to Matt about fantasy, especially his dynasty league, and he calls me up trying to trade me like Beanie Wells and Ryan Williams for my next year's first round pick. And obviously Beanie Wells and Ryan Williams don't play, but they were guys he liked at one time. Oh, it's just going to be brutal. Go ahead. Yeah, we'll get ready for it. I'm already... <laughs> You're already, already, you're already, the wheels are already turning. You're already no, thinking about I'm, it. I've already had my other Dynasty League draft. Well, for all of you who don't know how Dynasty Leagues work, Dynasty Leagues, you draft once, and then you keep your team forever. And then you and just then draft rookies. You only draft rookies from there on out. Uh, in leagues like the one I'm in and the one I'm starting, you have um, a rookie squad. It's more like a taxi squad, which pretty much um, can stay on your rookie squad. As long as you don't bring him up, he stays off your roster. He doesn't count against your roster. And he's just there, and no one can touch him. So you can keep a guy on there for three years. Um, I have ten guys on my five-guy rookie, five-man rookie squad. I have to cut it down by September sixth, three p.m. Um, you have ten guys on there. Yes. Wow, how do you have so much? I had three. I had. Six, I thought you could only keep five or three or so. You can only keep five, but you have after the draft, you get about a month to cut your roster down. So nobody can. Swipe any of the players. Right. So so I had picks number three, six, three, six, ten, twelve, and fourteen. Who did you end up taking? Just give me give me your top pick. So then I picked Amari Cooper and traded him. For who? 
Well, let me get to all my picks. I picked Mari Cooper, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Brashard Perryman, uh, Darrell Green Beckham, and Josh Robinson. The reason why I got him is decided for. So anyway, um, and then in the supplemental round, I gave up my third next year to draft uh, Javorius Allen, Buck Allen, from uh, Baltimore. Also, because I have Lorenzo Talfaro. So, I traded immediately Darrell Green Beckham, who I didn't want, and um, and Amari Cooper for Kevin White and uh, one of my friend's first-round picks next year. Now, his team is not good. His team's not going to make the playoffs because it's projected. So, I, got, I think I've got a top-five pick. And I got Kevin White. Uh, yeah, he's, he's nice. Kevin White's nice. I think Amari, he's going to be bad. I he's going to be bad this year. I think he's going to be good next year. I think Amari Cooper is uh, better with a bigger upside. I know people have said they like White's upside. He's fast. He's strong. He's big. All that good stuff. Um, Amari Cooper just looks to roll. He's just just when you watch him play, and I've seen some of Alabama games because obviously they're on TV every Saturday. He just looks legit. I and he's going to be a PPR monster. I don't know if you're in a PPR. No, league, this but. this league is not PPR, and it's touchdown heavy. So that's one of the factors going into it. The other factor is I need to get rid of two of my draft picks and mortgage it to a future. Uh, I am valuing next year's picks more than they should be, only because everyone's got too many guys on their roster. I'm going to tell you a trade that I offered in the Dynasty League that I would never do any other time. But I need to get I need to clear up some room on my on my uh, rookie roster. So I have a pending trade going out to one of my friends who went to Penn State, uh, Allen Robinson, and Devontae Freeman for his first next year. But you don't know what pick he have anymore. No, and he won the well, league. He won the league last year. He does not have that strong of a team. Though. Okay, so I think um, I think it's I think it's safe to get rid of Devontae Freeman. I don't think he's ever done it. I think I think I think it's safe to get rid of Allen Robinson, but I do think Allen Robinson has upside. I think Allen you're looking Robinson at a guy who could be a thousand yard receiver this year. Allen Robinson, as he's being drafted in startups, is worth that first round pick alone. Monte Freeman is probably going to be the starter coming out the gate in Atlanta. That's why I'm trying to sell Freeman high. Um, I want to get Tevin Coleman with the ninth or ten pick, but I get he got picked eight right before me. Yeah, if you can sell Freeman high, I'm, I'm with. Right, so I'm just trying to move them along, and the guy, he's one of the few teams that doesn't have too many people on his practice squad. Well, let's get into more general, because instead of just clogging up the information with our teams, let's talk about some players that you like. Some no, let's start with you, Gary. Oh, great. So everybody, listen, uh, I am the fantasy football guru. That is my name. Uh, I was born that way. Uh, if you look at my birth certificate, Matt, doesn't it say fantasy football guru? No, it does not. It doesn't, but it should. Anyway, um... I don't want to give away all my tips. But yes, you do. What, the, what the hell? What the hell? We have a couple of listeners anyway, right? Yeah, we have we have 20, 25 people so listen, who listened to the show last week. So listen, they're all the dying. Twenty five people who listen this week, you tell twenty five more people. Oh wait, we got a caller coming in. Uh, so I, I don't know how to. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Hey, how's it going? What's up? Long time listener, first time caller. Uh, one of the few people who listens to us live sometimes. What's up? What's up, Austin? 
Good, I'm good. So I've been trying to get you guys live, but I'm unable to get a live feed, so I don't know what the topic is right now. Right now we're talking about fantasy football. I'm trying to school Matt, and he's telling me guys he likes and dislikes, and I'm just trying not to make fun of him. So who do you like? Well, I, I've been, I've been, uh, I, I wait until third week of training camp until I follow it exactly. So who do you guys dislike? I haven't even gotten into it yet. Yeah, who? I don't like Adrian Peterson. I think he's being overdrafted. He's a thirty-year-old who I would not touch in the first round. Um, yeah, he's being way overdrafted. Okay, opinion. and I'm going to tell you to completely ignore what Matt just said because it's the dumbest thing I ever heard. And right now, Adrian Peterson's the number two player on my board. Number two player? Where Where are you at with Peterson? I I wouldn't take him number two. I would take him maybe in the late first round, early second round. He's a yeah, that's what my brother's talking about. He's been out for a year. No. Yes. How are you? Who are you taking number two? All right. So number one is is Le'Veon Bell. I think that's pretty universal. I would not. It depends on the league. With a lot of leagues, I would take. Who are you taking? Tell me who you're taking over Adrian Peterson. Are you there? Yeah. Takes a second. Austin? Hello? I don't know. I don't know. You weren't saying anything. Call back if if you if you got disconnected. If you still hear us. Um anyway, between me and you, what do you Adrian Peterson, it doesn't matter that he's thirty years old. He's gonna be a, he's gonna get twenty five carries a game. He's gonna catch two, three, four balls a game. Um He's going to, I guarantee you, if he stays healthy, obviously injuries, you know, people get hurt. If he stays healthy, he's going to have plus 1,300 yards rushing. He's going to have three, 400 yards receiving. On the low end, of combined 1,600 yards. And he's going to have 10-plus touchdowns. And I think you could pencil that in my guaranteed lock of the season. Do not be afraid to take Adrian Peterson. All right. He's been away from football for a whole year. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, I think he's one hit away from getting injured. And I don't like him. I, I, I Again, I like if he stays healthy, running back to the wall, and you never know what it's going to be. But when they do, they generally just don't get, get up from it. It doesn't matter who you are. Ladainian Tomlinson was one of the best who ever played the game. One year, he hit a wall, and he was just done. Well, yeah, obviously. Chris every... Johnson went from 2,000 yards to two years later barely being in the league. No, and Sean Alexander, listen, my first season, right. my first season of fantasy, let me give – now, listen, me and Matt boss each other's balls. Um, we make fun of each other. We make fun of each other's picks, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's what guys do. I mean, you guys are all out there, got friends. But I like to think I'm pretty good, Matt. You could say I'm a pretty decent player. I mean, I win. I draft pretty decent teams, okay? So he. Oh wait, we got a call coming back in. Austin's back. I'm back. Hello, I'm back. What's up, guys? Yeah. So anyway, so I was saying that Adrian Peterson's safe to take. Matt was saying he doesn't want him, and you're saying you want to take him to the second round, which I think is is just ridiculous. Who are you taking over him? Why would you take him? Yeah. Why would you take him number two? I just explained it to Matt because he's guaranteed to get the ball twenty. 20 to 25 times a game between rushing and receiving. 
He's guaranteed 10-plus touchdowns at the minimum, and he's guaranteed minimum 1,600 yards combined between rushing and receiving with the potential for a lot more. Other than Le'Veon Bell on a week-to-week basis, and obviously guys will outscore each other week-to-week, but I think Adrian Peterson is about as safe as it can get. And right now, I have absolutely no problem taking him number two behind Le'Veon Bell. None. Well, you know, I'm looking at ESPN mock draft right now, and he's going number two. Right, and ESPN got it right this time. Sometimes they don't, but when they agree with me, they got it right. So, who do they got number one? This mock draft I'm looking at, they have Bell one, Peterson two, Eddie Lacy three, Jamal Charles four, Lynch five, C.J. Anderson six, McCoy seven, Gronk, Antonio Brown, Matt Forte, Demarius Thomas, and then yeah, who'd you say was that five? I didn't hear you. Lynch, Yeah, that's a decent list. I mean, there's a couple guys I might switch around on there, but for the most part, pretty accurate. Man, I think what you guys taking C.J. Anderson going six? That's kind of a. I think I think, it's a, I think it's, I think he's got the most potential to be the number one back this year. I think if you pick him, you're going to have to waste another pick on Monty Ball. Yeah, but you can get Monty Ball. Wait, I just did a, a fantasy draft for my friend uh, who I had to cover for, and Monty Ball went undrafted. So you're not going to have to take him early or waste a high pick. No, not a high pick, but you, if, you, if you want to handcuff him, you got to make sure you Yeah, you might him handcuff him. I, I like Anderson. He's a real high-risk, high-reward player, like it's Jeremy Hill this year. He's a little bit risky because you think he's guaranteed to beat a horse? Yeah. I don't know. I would take him. They already named him. I mean, unless mm-hmm. he gets hurt. That's why I take Ball, because I think if he gets hurt, then I think Ball's going to just leave yeah, the workforce. I would like him. You like Jeremy Hill? Oh. I, I, no, I don't trust him. You don't like Hill? I, I wouldn't trust him my first-time pick, no. Late in the first? I would take so the Mario over him. You on the board? Mark Wait, just shut up. After him. Wait, just shut up a second. I'm going to put you late late on the draft board. Say it's a 12-man league, picking like 10. So, obviously, Bell, Peterson, Charles, Lynch, McCoy, they're all gone. Who are you going to take over Jeremy Hill? DeMarco Murray. Uh, I think DeMarco's – I think he's going to he's gonna be decent, but I think he's definitely – in. I don't think he's going to come close to what he did last year. doesn't have to. Yeah. Look at McCoy's and the Eagles. He's going to come close enough. As long as he's healthy. I think Jeremy Hill might have a bigger upside. DeMarco Murray might be safer, but I think Hill might actually have a higher upside. Yes, I think you have an awesome program. Mm-hmm. still in danger of running a, um, a two-back committee. You can't trust him. Yeah, not, not until the end of training camp. Ryan Matthews is going to get touches, too, if he's healthy. I think the Eagles are one too. I like Ryan Matthews. I would take Ryan Matthews and later round as uh, one of those one of those sleeper guys. Yeah, I would take Matthews. Matthews, I think, has a little bit of stand-up value on his own because yeah. I think he'll get eight to ten touches a game possibly. And then if something did happen to DeMarco, he has a lot of value. Um, I don't really see any other Eagles. I mean, Matthews is good. Ertz is good. Who's your favorite fantasy Eagle this year? You touching Bradford? I would take Bradford later around. He's going pretty late. I thought he's not even getting drafted in some weeks. I would definitely keep a fly on him. Number one, no. <laughs> yeah. Number one Eagle, no. DeMarco Murray, I guess. No, you're number, number one, one Eagle. quarterback. Like, would you want Bradford to be your your every week starter 
And I'm not talking about midway through the season if he's killing it. I'm talking about from week one where you want Bradford to be your every week starter. That's to be announced, but I would I would think about it. In other words, he doesn't want your boy's draft strategy. Yeah, or you can you you can, you can have him. He doesn't host a podcast. So he doesn't have his boy's draft strategy. Yeah. Well, what were you going to say? This mock draft I'm looking at, Drew Brees is going the sixth round. In the previous year, he's done what, round one and two? So he's going to sixth oh, round. Yeah. Two. Well, the reason why is because he's got no Jimmy Graham. No one knows how he's going to be without Jimmy Graham. I think he'll still put up pretty decent Drew Brees numbers. I mean, he was putting up big numbers before Jimmy Graham. He'll put them up after Jimmy Graham. I'm not wasting – I don't usually waste a high pick on a quarterback. You know that. I usually like to go running back, running back field my receivers and tight ends and take my quarterback mm-hmm. later. Uh, I think Drew Brees is another guy in a redraft league who's fine. You know, he might not put up 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns again, but he's guaranteed to give you 4,400 yards and 30 touchdowns if he stays healthy. I don't think I'd be afraid to take him. Who's your sleeper? Who do you like who's not popular? I, I, um, I'm i sorry, guys. I can't answer right now. I haven't... Uh... I haven't been into fantasy mode as recently. I usually get into it in about a couple of weeks. But there's a lot of guys. Aaron Foss is going in the eighth round. Aaron Foss could be is still hurt. He did. How bad is his injury? He's out. He's out. I don't know. What, the whole year almost? No, they're not sure. They're saying, mm-hmm. There's reports saying that he's going to miss four to six weeks. Four to six weeks from the injury or four to six weeks during the season? During the season. Uh, Four to six weeks is the uh, optimist. Yeah, so he he could potentially miss most of the season. Um, so he, I'm not taking him in the eighth round. If he if he fell really far, I guess you take him and you stash him. But I don't. I'm not taking him in the eighth round. Uh, you know who has a chance to win that job? Chris Polk. The old Eagles. Who's he that? has a chance to win that job. Who is it? He has to beat out Alfred Blue and some scrub named Grimes. Oh. Ed, what were you going to say? I like, uh, as a sleeper quarterback, uh, I like Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, Matt likes him, too. Um, I don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant this year. I mean, he might be. He's he's a decent backup. I don't think he's good enough to start on a fantasy team this year. But if he gets a few more weapons, watch out. I mean, I like Wallace a little bit. Um, Charles Johnson really came on at the end of last year. But I, I just don't think he's got um, enough. Well, Peterson got to help his value too a little bit. A little bit. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not a huge fan of Peterson. I think I'm not a huge fan of Bridgewater. Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to. Right, uh, but I love, I like Bridgewater where he's being drafted, which is almost not at all. You like Peterson? He's the number two overall okay. pick. It's not like I'm yeah, running even up right. I'm taking Peterson. I can win up happy, happy spot in Bridgewater and Bradford. If I get them laying up and build my team on receivers and running backs, I'm happy. Yeah, but you don't want them to be your first two quarterbacks, right? Like maybe one of them as yeah, back. Yeah, I would put you as my first starter if I could spot start them. If I get them laying up in the draft and I build my team on receivers and running backs and grab that yeah, top tire till then. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to. I'll have to uh, help you out a little bit and tell you who to draft. <laughs> I'm not loving it right now, to be honest with you. You, you worry about your team. I'll worry about my team. All right, and fine. I'll worry about my team who wins championships every year. Every year. We're, I'm gonna... we're in a C in the Dynasty League. 
Well, I heard another rumor is another league. You don't trade, guy. I don't. I trade if if I like to trade. I just don't trade if it's not good for me. I'm probably harder to trade with than most people, but that's just because I like my team so much because I always draft well. What about so? What, what do you think of the uh, tight end position this year? So I'm looking at it, and ninth round. Zach Ertz is going to ninth round, as well as Julian Thomas in the ninth round. Well, well, you you can throw that away in Philadelphia because in Philadelphia, <laughs> guys like Bradford and Ertz are going to be drafted higher here. Right, the market might go in like the top three here, which are crazy. I don't think so. Uh, I think just in Philadelphia, not around the world. I, in our draft, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't uh, know. I could see like Sikowski taking him at number three, maybe touchdown, but yeah. I, most of the guys would or not. Johnny or no Johnny's not. No. I don't know what I'm talking about. And the Johnny. And the Johnny. Um, but yeah, maybe Mike. But uh, I like. Um, I mean, obviously Gronk is is good. Travis Kelsey's good. Uh, who else is good? I don't know. Tight ends weak this year. Tight ends are well, they normally are. It's usually. I mean, Jimmy Graham's tier. always good. Top tier, and then he fall off. Yeah, I'd probably. We if I don't get. Rounds. If I don't get Gronk. Or, like, if I don't get Gronk in the first round or second round, I'll probably just wait and take my tight end later. Yeah. I don't really see anybody worth taking in the middle round, as far as that's concerned. Well, like but, I said, um, Julius Thomas is going to ninth round. Yeah, I know. I actually took him and for Todd's team. Jordan and Jason Wynn in the ninth round. Jason Wynn's done. He had a pretty decent year last year. He was okay. I mean, he's just going to start slowing down. He, he's a guy who's older. He can't keep the same separation. He'll get, he'll get a decent volume, but he's going to be touchdown dependent. Well, talk about touchdown dependent. That's all Julius Thomas is. I don't think he's going to be a thousand more, more targets. This is what I said. Because I, well, I drafted for Todd uh, for his right aid league because he couldn't do it. And I took him Julius Thomas real late because he fell to like the 10th round. When he was in Denver, he was either touchdown or bust because he had so many targets with Emmanuel Sanders, Marius Thomas, C.J. Anderson, Wes Welker, goes on and on. I think in Jacksonville he might get more targets because there's less people to throw to, plus Blake Bortles isn't as good as Peyton Manning, so he's going to have to hit the tight end. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't go crazy for Julius Thomas. If he falls to you at a, at a really good round like he did for Todd, I'll take him. But he's not a guy that I'm going to target in middle round. Away from. You know what I mean? The guy I'll take a fly is uh, Doug Martin. I'll take a fly on him I again. My sleeper, actually. I don't know. The last couple years we've been hearing that Doug Martin tearing it up in training camp. I like him as my sleeper because I think he's going to get opportunities. And for once, his offensive line's decent. He's got very good targets. I think Jameis Winston is actually my sleeper quarterback. I think he's going to be fantasy. Would you take Winston over Mariota in fantasy this year? Oh, God, yeah. Not even a question. Fantasy-wise, Mariota has that running. He can give you that RG3 thing, like, as a rookie, that RG3 gave you. Right, but he's got no targets. So right, I, he doesn't. Well, I, Kendall not, Wright's decent. I don't like Darrell Green-Beckham. I think Kendall Wright's no, a better football player than he is fantasy. I think he's, he's got a shot for 1,000 yards. He's never going to score anything. I don't know. He's just a guy to me. All he's right. Oh, it's real fast. As, uh, to wrap it up, put, put together your – your dream fantasy team. Who's your quarterback? Well, I, I guess you got to go around Rodgers. Safe choice. Yeah, I would take Rodgers over Luck still. I would too. Uh, who's your two running backs? 
you guys can put me on the spot. Um, I guess you gotta go this year. You gotta go Bill and. You guys think Lacey's going to get the touches? I guess Bill and Lacey. Yeah, you you were close. You were wrong, but you were close. Um, it was the the correct answer is Bell and Peterson. I like Bell and Lacey as well. But the correct answer is Bell and Peterson. You're wrong. Who's your two receivers? Well, that's a little tricky. I mean, you go uh, Tony Brown. You go, you go Tony Brown, Kevin Calvin Johnson, Bell Beckman. I guess I had to pick Calvin Johnson and Tony Brown. I think I'm with you there. I think I would go Brown and Calvin. Uh, you can maybe put Dez over Calvin right now, but I'd still probably go Brown and Calvin. I'll give you, I'll give you like 75% credit on that. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, he's nice, but you're not going to put him in your top two. Not my top two, no. Carlos High is not bad as well. He 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 could he could put up some damage. Carlos High. Oh, you like Hyde? I don't know who's going to get the touches in San Francisco. Is he going to get the majority of the touches? Yeah, no. He's like Jonathan Stewart. Like, Jonathan Stewart, it's actually, he's my sleeper this year. People are sleeping on him. Uh, he's not a sleeper. He's he, finished a year, he finished a year strong. He's a fourth-round pick. And he's the workhorse now that D'Angelo Williams is gone. He's a fourth-round pick now. He's oh, is he really the guy that high? I haven't heard anybody talk about him. Damn, I thought, I thought I was going to slip in I'm going to leave you guys. I'm going to leave you guys. Who are... I, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna league for the past three four years and we get to keep a player. So I have options who I get to keep. Who would you guys take out of these four players? Would it be Carlos Hyde, Jordan Cameron, Cam Newton, or Jordan Matthews? I'm, I would lean towards depending on your need, but I would lean towards Matthews for myself. Is it is it just keep just for next year or this year? Keep it for this year. Keep her. Oh wow. Just for this year. Just for this year. Just for this year. I'll tell you what, and it, it's it's high risk, high reward, but just because of the of how little running backs there are, I might just take a chance on Carlos Hyde and Storm mm-hmm. as my third back. Well, yeah, if you got two backs, I don't mind Hyde as your third. But I mean, Matthews probably will be the Matthews or Cam are both safer, but I think there's obviously more receivers and quarterbacks. I think I think I, think I might go Carlos Hyde and take the chance that he has a big season. I think it's Matthews because Matthews is a shot to be the number one receiver in the NFL this year. In the entire NFL? That is the NFL. My bold okay, that's a real bold prediction. Uh, we'll see, but I would probably go Carlos Hyde just because of how thin running back is. If you have a chance to maybe have a guy who's going to be the main main back, you take him. By the way, I don't actually believe that because I was offered uh, Jordan Matthews for picks number nine and ten in my rookie draft. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, but um, but anyway. I don't know who's going to get the reception. Is it going to be yeah, Matt, Matthews is Matthews? nice. He's going to have a good season. He's a good player. I just don't think he's going to be the number one receiver in football. I think he's got a shot. Uh, I like Aguilar though. I like Aguilar a lot. I don't know. I'd probably keep Carlos Hyde. It's hard to trust rookie receiver, Matt. Uh, they're yeah. rare to blow up. Right, but last year, like five of them did. And the difference is, uh, Macklin left with all those targets on the field. Now, I understand that they think that, uh, that uh, what's his name, Ertz is going to get a lot of those targets. I don't think so. I think Ertz is going to get a little more than Selleck. He's talking about making but, throws like a slot receiver. He's going to be a strict receiver, I heard, if that's true. Huh? He's still not going to play every down. 
No, yeah, I mean, not. Matthews is a safe pick, but I would probably keep Carlos Hyde. That's probably the right answer. I don't disagree with you on upside. Yeah. On upside he's on upside he's definitely there. There is some downside with Hyde. I'm not a Oh yeah, it's it's a big it's a risk. It's definitely a risk. Right. And I'm just saying the guys are safer. Yeah. But uh like I said, it depends on the construct of your team also. Yeah. All right. Thanks for calling. I'll tell you who to draft uh later because you need some help, I can tell. I, I'm okay. I got a couple of championships in my history. I'll be fine. But yeah. first of you guys' advice, uh, I'll call back again, appreciate everything, and you guys have a good one. All right, All right. you too, man. Bye. Bye. Wow, I can't believe that's your brother. Yeah, so that was my brother. The only reason why is because your other brother sounds identical to you. Yeah, that was my younger brother. I have an older brother, too. Your older brother's just on the phone? I can't tell the difference. You talking to my older brother on the phone? Yeah. Only once when he answered the phone went to your mom's house. Might have been my younger brother. My older brother doesn't live there for a while. Man, maybe. Yeah, no, I don't know when he was still there, yeah. It was a long time ago, but yeah. when he answered the phone, I was like, yo, Garrett, what's up? He's like, hold on, I'll get Garrett for me. Like, what the, what, yeah. what happened? You know, it sounds like that Todd and Jonathan uh, sound like that. When I call, when I have to call at her house, like, sometimes Todd has... Garrett's best friend's name is Todd. Sometimes Todd's, Todd's brother will pick up. I'll just be like... Yo, and I'll just start talking, and then he'll be like, it's Jonathan. I'll be like, gosh, crap, you guys sound exactly the same. <laughs> um, But anyway, that's my brother. He knows some stuff about fantasy football, uh, not as much as me. Um, I, I, I'm i just saying, I, I think the opportunities for Matthews in this offense are going to be immense. I think he's got – definitely being underdrafted in most leagues. He's being drafted as a wide receiver three. He's already uh, – borderline wide receiver two last year and I think it's going to go up A from being a rookie, B because of the system, and C because there's so many targets. That kind of um, that kind of combination is what makes fantasy seasons. And I think he's got a shot to shine. I don't I, for the, it's the same reason why everyone likes Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas Demarius Thomas has produced on the most bigger level so far. Right, but the reason why he's being drafted over most other receivers who are in the top or tier, upper tiers, Alshon Jeffries, et cetera, who produce like him, is because there's no more um, Julius Thomas. But Julius Thomas didn't do anything except catch touchdowns occasionally. Right, but they think that at six, whatever, as being a tall receiver, Demarius is going to get most of those receptions. was putting up 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns in back-to-back seasons anyway, even with with. Right, but I, I think they think the touchdowns are going to be more t- even more touchdowns. Yeah, Mary Thomas is a beast. More targets are going to be there, and and that's why I think he's being overdrafted. I love the Mary. He's a monster. I like him too. I, I'm not. I'll take him over Jordan Matthews. Oh yeah, without question. But the the difference is one's being drafted. Right in the in the first or second round. One being drafted, drafted in the fifth or sixth, probably even later. Later. Yeah, I mean. Um, no, nah, I don't. The Eagles are a tough team this year because cause they're going to be spread out. And I think they're going to run the ball a lot. But I it's, think... tough to, it's tough to really pinpoint any Eagle potentially being a top three at their position. But I I think that Kelly, Kelly will get enough plays in there. Bradford's, I think, if he stays healthy, is accurate enough. And he's going to be a huge upgrade over what they had last year. I don't want to hear about Foles anymore. But I think that Matthews, in addition to that, Matthews now knows the league, no longer a rookie, 
He went from 800 yards. I think he's going to step up to 1,200 yards. I think he's got a shot to be a big red zone threat. I understand Ertz could be a red zone threat as well in the run game. Hopefully, Mary is a better uh, red zone guy than Shady was. I love Shady, but that was my big knock on him was he was not good in the red zone. Well, he had 17 touchdowns a few years ago. Right, but last year he was not good in the red zone. No, last year he wasn't great in the red zone, but the team as all, in general in wasn't good in the red zone. And I think he had too many opportunities for, where he wasn't – where he didn't fit Kelly's style. Kelly wanted to run straight. I think Kelly's style – you don't want to hear about Nick Foles. I don't want to hear about Chip Kelly. I think people – Kelly, Kelly, Kelly's Jesus Christ walking on earth to people nowadays. Um, I don't think Kelly's some kind of, you know, the Pope's coming in next week, and I heard the Pope wants to meet Chip Kelly. So, you know, everybody loves Chip Kelly. Actually, did you hear about the Pope that he wants to uh, bless Sam Bradford's name? Did you hear the petition being signed? No, but I hope he does. I don't care what – I don't believe in that, but whatever. The Philadelphia, they're going around – and they're trying to get a petition it's got all over Facebook and Twitter. They want the Pope to bless Dan Bradford's knee. Nice. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess if it helps. Right. Do you, you think you think that happened? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the Pope taking time out of his day to bless Dan Bradford's knee? How would that work? What else is he going to do in Philadelphia? I don't know. What is he in Philadelphia? Yeah. I know he's going to cause a lot of problems with traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. Um. Randall. 
Randall is right there. He's also a fourth-round pick, but if he actually becomes a workhorse there, he's absolutely potential to be number one. Yeah, he's potential to be really good. Uh, but uh, but he's not ready to sleep for a lot of people on him. You know, Tal likes Chris Polk because of the foster situation. He thinks he has a chance to win that job at the training camp. I think so, too. And you know who I have maybe a sleeper is considering the whole girly situation where they're still not sure when he's going to play. I think Trey Mason could be decent if Gurley doesn't end up playing. Early so. Yeah, but when? Gurley so plays early. I think he might put Pop. He might be Pop, but by week seven, doesn't he'll Pop, be ready. Doesn't Pop put you out for like 10 weeks or six? Six. All right. But for his first six weeks, I think Trey Mason gets to Pop at the last round. No, 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 the last round, but close, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's not bad. Um. Okay. How about wide receiver? Um. I'm thinking Jordan. I, I'll tell you, Jordan Matthews is, is absolutely a sleeper. Yeah, no, Matthews should have a, a big season or a good season. Um, Jarvis Landry looks okay out of Miami. Kind of like Wallace and Dog. He was a PR monster last year. He's a guy who only touch outside PPR. Um, I like Amari Cooper in PPR because I just think he's going to be on the targets. I know rookie receivers aren't all the same. And the news is that Crabtree might be, uh, yeah, might be. I'm in, not that. I'm not that afraid of Michael Crabtree. I don't know. Crabtree could be decent. Um, I, I, I really want the Eagles to grab him. He's not on this one. Yeah, but uh, rather than Miles Austin, I think he'd be a lot better player. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. There's, I mean, there's more, and again, we'll we'll come back next week with some more. Maybe you not. Know. Um. Tight ends. Uh, does Earth Earth doesn't qualify, right? Nice round. Yeah, I mean, he he just has so much upside. He just has so much potential. He's big. He's fast. He's strong. He's going to be an I'll, offense that has a go, lot of players. I'll go with Darius Street. He's going to start four games. Yeah, and he's got a shot to win that job. And if he wins that job, he's going to be in the top five. Yeah. If he, I think he has to wait for Gase to retire. Possibly, but if he. Starts off and he, he might get more reps than he's been getting, but I don't think he's right, but no, but he's gonna get them all in the first four weeks. If he dominates those four weeks and becomes their number one receiver, it'll be very hard to justify putting Gates back in and sit this guy. So I think they'll find a way to get them both on the field, and I think he'll get he's got a shot to get start. If he gets a start, then he's got a shot to. And then Owen Daniels has a really deep sleeper because he's in Denver right now, and everybody knows Peyton Manning. Yeah, but no one knows that. if it's gonna be him or Virgil Green. Oh, uh, yeah, true. Whichever one of those two ends up getting the job has a chance to put up some decent numbers. Right. Who's your defense? I don't care. Jets. <laughs> okay, fine. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Okay, I'll, okay. Yeah, I'm going to pick you back off my answer. Uh, I'll Who's your kicker? Uh, I like Cody Parkey. You've got to go with a sleeper. Actually, Is there really such a thing as a sleeper kicker? He, he's a sleeper. I don't understand it, but he's Matt, every, dressed as like the 10th. It's a 10th kicker. I don't understand. Is there such a thing as a sleeper kicker? Yes. Or Greg, a sleeper defense? Yes. Greg Zerline. Okay, fine. Greg Zerline has done absolutely nothing to accurate kickers in the history of the league. Okay. The reason why he's done nothing is because he had no quarterback. I don't know what Who's makes this quarterback now, Gary? Okay? Nick Foles. There you go. Okay. I don't know what makes people want to listen to us, Wax. Our 47-minute intro or our debate over sleeper kickers and defenses. Um... I, I really can't pick one. Well, that's great. All right, guys, we're out of here. Um, it's it's gonna be another late night next Wednesday, but uh, we should be here for you guys. So 
please continue to listen. Thank you for following us. Please subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Matt Cisco or at Talk with Matt and Garrett. Talk W Matt and Garrett. We're getting a lot of buzz. We're up to 200 followers. Um, follow us on iTunes at Philly Sports Talk with Garrett Matt. Philly Sports Talk with Garrett Matt. Uh, if you would have seen Cisco's face, you could see the monkeys in his head turning the wheels for him to think of that one. Um, again, 602-753-1597. Always our phone number. Always interested in your input. Thanks a lot. Next, next week we're going to schedule to be on around 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Wednesday night. Or you can always catch us archives on iTunes. Love you, Philadelphia. Have a good night.